0: G'day and welcome to Shattered, the podcast, our first one for 2023. Uh, I have had an incredible break. It's been really, really good. Uh, So let's dive right in because the thing is, if you have a mental illness, even though it's a new year, you've got the same problems today that you had a month ago. You have more than likely put yourself in the same position that you were a month ago. On STP this year, we're going to be telling, yes, why things can be bad and how they are bad. But I'm also going to take you on the journey to talk to you about what it was like for me and what it's like for me now. As you can see, STP, we're growing up, we're changing a little bit. Uh, I do hope you enjoy. Let's kick it off and see what happens. Welcome to Shattered the Podcast. STP is the story of my journey, From the depths of mental illness to a place where I could live again. What happened that was really, really bad. And I want to tell you that just the fact that I'm back on air should be testament to you of how far I've come in my mental illness. I went through a series of situations, and I'm not going to go through them all, at the end of last year, that if this had happened, Three, four, five years ago, it would have destroyed me. Um, in fact, if I had been in my old uh, mindsets and cycle and way of doing things, without the skills that I have now, uh, I know that suicide would have been an option. Uh, the suicidal idea, uh, I, <laughs> the su- suicidal ideation, came back in. Strong and unexpected ways to me. So let's talk about living in mental illness and thinking that it's never going to change. When I was first hurt, I did not understand how much I was hurt. It's not like when you break an arm and you go to use the arm and it hurts, you go, Oh, I've got limited capacity now. I had to learn. That I had limited capacity. And that was probably the biggest issue that I faced is coming to terms with the new limits to my ability to do everyday things. And that was a source of frustration and anger. I, I don't understand why I can't just go and see my friends. I can't, I can't understand why I don't want to see my friends. I, I don't know why I can't express love to my, my, my wife my family, you don't know and you don't have the language or the skills to understand that that's where you're at now. And that just becomes frustrating. It's like when you want to do something that you know you can do well and somebody for some arbitrary reason says you can't do that anymore. As Australians collectively, we arc up about that sort of thing. I think there's no Australian that likes being told that they can't do something. It's just part of our psyche. It's who we are. We believe that everything is possible in any situation. But to all of a sudden be told that, no, you can't do that thing. And it's something that you know you can do well. You can't do that anymore. You get angry. You get frustrated. And the people around you just see the anger. They don't see the anguish that's inside, the desperation, the hope that you might get back, the dashed hope, which is the bigger killer, the dashed hope that I want to try and do something, but I can't. People don't see that side of it. And when you're looking in from the outside, you just see somebody that's angry, that is not doing things that you know that they're clearly capable of doing. Why won't he go out and see his friends? Why won't he just come over to my house and have a chat? Or she. Or they. (laughs) Why won't they just do what they used to do? Why can't they get back to what they were? They were so good at this thing. They were so great at it. And now everything's changed because of this mental illness. And therein lies the problem, because we say that, we say that everything's changed, but it's become almost blasé. It's become this thing that, oh yeah, everything's changed, it's a new situation. But when something fundamentally changes in your mind, when mental illness damages you, everything is different. You can see colors different, smells can be different, Things that used to give you joy now give you anguish and pain. Memories
1: can be a killer. So what did this look like for me?
0: It was everything I just said. Um, my wife said to me once that I hadn't spoken to her for two weeks. Apart from grunting, yes, no, uh-uh sure. Now, I did not know that I hadn't been speaking. I'd been trying to. I'd been constantly in my head. Why can you not look after your kid anymore? Why is spending five minutes with her so hard that you walk away exhausted? When is a panic attack going to come? It's this constant barrage of self-criticism. It doesn't go away. And for you outside, you can't see that, that, that pain, that, that agony. All you see is somebody you love being grumpy
1: and rude.
0: And that was where I was. I loved everybody the same as I did before. I had lost the capacity to be able to express that because I was so consumed with self-doubt, self-hatred. I was so confused by what I was going through that I, I desperately wanted to be with my wife. I desperately wanted to spend time with my children and see them smile. But I honestly didn't know how to do it. And it was hard work that got us through it. My wife and I talk about this a lot lately. We've been looking at the recovery of other people and how other people don't, haven't seemed to have recovered as well as I have. First and foremost, that's because of her. Not just because of the awesome person that she is, but because I was so motivated to be better for her she was my complete reason i'd be walking into psych appointments angry and fearful and afraid and desperate to not be there but the thought was in the back of my head i have to get better for my family for meredith i had to get better and I would complain about going to those sessions. May I will tell you, I would complain and I would fight and I would, if one was cancelled, it was like, woohoo, it was cancelled and it wasn't my fault because I didn't want to dig up. I didn't want to dredge the bottom of all my emotions because I was floating on this, this place where I felt like I was safe, but like a ship, a ship going through a place that hasn't been dredged, on top of the water, everything looks fine. But you don't know the dangers that lay below. And unless you dredge those things out, that dirt, that sand, that rocks, and clear the path for the ship, it's going to get caught, it's going to get tangled, and it's going to stop. I didn't want to go through that process of dredging everything up again, because I'd get to a point where I just wasn't thinking about my pain. I was in a place where I wasn't overwhelmed with thoughts of my own inadequacies and 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 my self-doubt. I was just able to exist. And it, generally it felt like it was the day before I had to go see my psych. And I had to dredge all this stuff up again. There's a show that I watched. I talked about it last year with my Eleven for Eleven Eleven. Uh, it's called the outpost, and Ty Carter is is sitting there in front of the psych, and he doesn't want to talk about what he's going through. And she said, "I know that it's going to hurt to share and tell this story, but I guarantee that is the best thing that you can do. It is the best way for you to get help. It is the only way you will get past what you're feeling now. Okay, so what does that look like for me now? I still struggle with all those things that I've mentioned before, the self-doubt, the self-flagellation, um, terrible person. I am shocking at keeping in touch with friends and family because I'm still a lot of the time in the place where I'm struggling with my uh, symptoms, not struggling so much, but I'm dealing with them. I have to uh, ensure that I stay at match level fitness, (laughs) if you know what I mean, like a football player, a professional football player has to stay match fit. He can't just stop practicing, working out, keeping up his strength. Because as soon as he does that, he's not fit enough for the game. That is what it's like for me. I need to continue to do my strategies. I need to continue to practice when something negative comes up. I can't let it take root. I can't kick myself for the fact that I haven't called a person uh, for a month. Um, that I want to call. I desperately want to. And that person has been reaching out to me. And it, 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 for all intents and purposes, it looks like I'm just being a jerk. And I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm just working on those things that inside of me so that I can stay match fit, so that I can be there for the most important people, my wife and my family, my kids. It is not as much of a struggle anymore. It is not so all-consuming. The main problem comes when something significant happens. A friend tries to kill themselves. Uh, you lose a job opportunity. Something big happens. And those thoughts come welling up. The inadequacy the self-doubt, the suicidal ideation, and I have to challenge those thoughts. And if I can't challenge them, I need to distract myself from them. But I know that most of the time, all I need is patience. If I'm having the worst day of my life with my mental illness, at this stage in my life, I know that if I am patient, if I just wait a day, two days sometimes even a couple of hours whatever it was whatever that attack was that that mental illness crisis was doesn't dissipate it's not that it's gone but it's manageable i'm able to it doesn't have the sting in it that it has in that immediacy so i've learned to not react in the moment I need to go away. I need to think about something. And if I can't think about something because my mental illness is just that bad, I know now that I just have to be patient. So when the suicidal ideation comes back, when I wake up in the morning and and this happened, I woke up in the morning with a plan to end my life. And that scared the hell out of me. Because first off, I know that I dream, but I don't ever remember my dreams. I Ever since I was a kid, they've all been too terrible for me to remember them. And I've trained myself to forget. So for me to wake up with a plan in my mind, like if I was on autopilot, I would have done blah, 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 blah. And I would have ended up um, quite literally dead. And I, 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 I started to freak out. I was lying in bed and I'm like, you know, it was as if I would told myself that, hey, you're going to die as soon as you get out of bed. And it wasn't what I wanted. Somebody was going to
1: kill me when I got out of bed.
0: I stopped. First off, I breathed. Just breathed. <sighs> okay. Then I did a quick evaluation. My heart rate is slowing down. I'm calm. Let's get to the root of what you're thinking about. Are you going to kill yourself today? And I was like, of course I'm not going to. And it was, but then another part of my head was like, yes, we've got a plan. It was like, no, 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 no. The other part of my brain was like, yeah, this is what you need to do. Things are bad. Look how far you've come and now you're back to where you were. The ultimate fear. Patience. Distraction. Distracting myself with my breathing. Distracting my thoughts. Okay, can I pick up a book? Should I listen to music? Do I need to play a game for a little while? What do I need to do to just switch off the urgency in this voice? And for me in that moment, it was going and talking to my wife. I breathed, I did my self-evaluation, I did my distraction, but then I needed to get it out. I needed to say to my wife, sweetheart, I need to tell you something and you don't need to be afraid, but I, I, it's weird. I've woken up with a plan to kill myself and I don't understand how it's happened. Now, she knows me well enough to know that that was not a cry for help, that was not asking for her intervention, it was her, it was me just saying, getting it out there, so that I wasn't locked in the prison of my mind, wrestling with myself, I had somebody on the outside of my head going, everything's fine, everything's going to be okay. Now, if my wife had have freaked out, and perhaps called the ambulance, Maybe I would have given in to that thinking. Maybe I wouldn't have fought it as much. But we've learned that suicide for me is not my option. It's not my first option. It's not what I want. I know that it's not even any option. So when my mind tricks me, takes me back to this place, it's about awareness, and again. I look at that now and go, if I had have woken up with that exact same plan in my head, in that exact same frame of mind, five, 10 years ago, I wouldn't be alive today. You might think that the person that you love or care for isn't getting better because they're not at their pre-injury self. You need to understand that progress is progress. And even if they aren't what they were before, that's okay
1: because where they are now, as
0: long as they're safe, is a good place for them. Your job is to just to keep encouraging them, not make them feel bad and there's I, I want to finish with this there, there's a way to support somebody that is a way that won't harm them. That is not to criticize or intimate or let them think that you know better. It's just to say, I'm glad that you're here. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? You just say to somebody, I am glad that you're here. My life is better because of you. Those words, so simple. It's so incredibly powerful to a person that's got a voice in their head telling them how useless and destructive and hopeless they are for you to just say, I need you. It's powerful. And it's so much better than how's your medication going? How's how's your breathing going? How's this going? How's that going? Yeah, he thinks about that all the time, or she, or they. <laughs> and um,
1: they don't need, potentially, they don't need you asking that question again. If they need to talk about it, they will. Just know that if they're still there, they're still trying. And in all things, isn't that what you want? the bottom line is you don't want them going anywhere
0: look this year i'm not going to talk about hope because i still struggle with that word but i am going to tell you that my life is a lot better than it was and that's the journey that we're going to go on this year have a great week i'll speak to you next week bye for now Hey, thanks for joining us on Shattered the Podcast. I'm Mark. Special thanks to my producer Meredith Brosnan and also to Torian, Kevin and Lorraine. And we can't forget the amazing band Adelaide who let us use their song as our theme. For more information, check us out on all your socials, STP Shattered the Podcast.